The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febctoday.org. One of my flight leaders told me at one time that he didn't think I was going to make it. He said, you're taking too many chances. And it might be he was right. It might be that I lightened up. I don't know. I think the fact that I'm here indicated that I was up to it. He served his country as a fighter pilot in the Korean War. Today on First Person, you'll meet Robert Logan, now living a busy retired life in his 90s. Welcome to this week's interview. I'm Wayne Shepard. I probably don't need to remind you that there's great value in sitting down with people who have lived and served the Lord for a long time. So often, though, we don't take the time to do it, and we miss out on the lessons they can teach us about life and loving God. Well, a couple of months ago, some friends at KVIP Radio in Northern California told me about a listener who blesses them in many ways, and they wanted me to meet our guest, at least on the phone. And what's coming up in a moment is that conversation. I'd like to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for making First Person possible. You can thank FEBC by visiting them and learning more at febc.org. One of my goals with this program is to introduce you to all kinds of people and their stories, whether you recognize their name or not. My guest, Robert Logan, is understandably just a little hard of hearing, so he joined me on a speakerphone with his loving wife sitting nearby. Well, I can tell you that uh, my uh, coming to the Lord had to do with with my wife, and uh, it had to do with uh, when I was uh, flying, working as a flight instructor in, uh, in Santa Cruz County. And she came as a student, and uh, I think that she had already soloed, but I became a, an instructor for her for the, to finish her up and, and uh, recommend her for her exam and stuff, which she accomplished. And uh, that, that incident where uh, I met her at that time, why, that was the beginning of a relationship, and uh, I'd say after about uh, over period of about three years, why uh, that and our uh, our togetherness uh, grew, our fondness for each other, and it ended up with us deciding to get married. And um, the one problem with us getting married was that uh, I had not uh, um, committed myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, and she had. And she let me know in a, in a nice way that she wouldn't marry anybody that hadn't. So after um, after a period of time, why uh, we went to see our pastor, pastor of the church that that um, I was going to at the time, and uh, we went down there and talked to him. And and um, and uh, what, during the time we were there, it was the first time, and he asked me questions about uh, about the Lord, and I told him that I wanted to become a Christian, and, and the reason why, because my wife, to be, was a, was a Christian, and I wanted to be one also. Okay, you were, you were serious about getting married. Were you really serious about following Christ? I mean, did you know what you were getting into? Well, you know what, I was certainly aware of it, but, uh, but I only knew that, I, I always knew up till that point that I, <clears throat> that I was not um, uh, a Christian, 
And even though I was familiar with church and had gone to church sporadically during my longer, younger years, this this was in the seventies. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, I was in I was uh, thirty five, forty years old. I don't think I was uh, totally aware of the ramifications of, of it. I certainly learned it later. Yeah, of course, we all grow in Christ, don't we? Well, your marriage started out around airplanes. Has your wife continued to fly during her lifetime? Oh, yes. She got her pilot license and and had been a, quite a flyer for a time. She actually had her own airplane at the time, a little Cessna 150. that was painted yellow, and everybody in the airport called it the Yellow Bird. <laughs> and and uh, we traveled together, not in that airplane, but we traveled with uh, her children, our children, a boy and a girl. The young man was uh, name is Drew, and he uh, wanted to be a, a pilot most of his life. And I got him when he was about eight years old. After he graduated from his school and he his academy work, he managed to go in the navy and and become a flyer. And he now flies as a captain for Delta Airlines. Is that right? So you you really have quite a family of flyers. I want to talk to you later more about your own experience as a pilot. But do you ever volunteer how old you are? Do you disclose that? Sure. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm 91 years old. Okay. And we became uh, aware of each other because you listen to Christian Radio. You listen to KVIP there in California. Steve Hafen and Lou Hecker there at the radio station were telling me about you. And I said, well, that sounds like somebody I'd like to meet and talk with on first person. So thanks for picking up the phone today. Okay, that was great. I was um, I was looking forward to it, and I was waiting for it to ring. Okay. Well, you and your wife, I understand, are active in your community and in your church. Tell me about your church and why, why you love to serve the Lord all these years. It is the same as Lou, and that is the Church of the Nazarene here in Reading. And we have been going to that church for uh, about 10 years. So uh, Lou and I became uh, fairly well acquainted during that period of time, although I don't think that he and I made air- aircraft-type or flying subject for several years until we accidentally discovered it uh, through friendly conversation. Uh, tell me what you do with your time. How, how do you spend your time now in your 90s, Robert? Well, uh, when I'm not going to the doctor... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, spend my time mostly here at home. Uh, Donna and I are home people, and we uh, we have a lot of interest. We uh, go to concerts, and we went to one last week, and um, we do things like that. We go to church. We support our church, and um, uh, we never miss a Sunday, and we uh, have uh, been faithful supporters of, of the First Church of Nazarene for many, many years. Hmm. I don't make... Uh, close friends easily. You know, it takes me a long time to get to that uh, that point. <laughs> and I'm just the kind of pe- person that I am, is that uh, I'm not a, real, a super outgoing person. I think I'd like to say I'm certainly friendly. I don't repel anybody. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you joy? What do you What do you look to to, to uh, enjoy life doing? Uh, you know, I've I've been a, a mechanical person most of my life, and I and I think that's how I got into flying. It was because of, of, of that uh, bent. I uh, started that in high school with automobiles, and, and I was a, a 
you know, a budding hot rod enthusiast in, in high school. And and this, much of my work um, before I went into the service had to do with mechanical work. I uh, had learned to weld, and I had uh, got a job during school vacation, became a welder in a shipyard when I was 15 years old. In fact, I had exaggerated my age by a year and got a work permit. And uh, I did that work, and uh, it was really fun to uh, to earn a paycheck and during that time when I was that young. Well, many people your age are not as active as you are. What do you enjoy about uh, being ninety one plus? Oh, I don't know. I think I think one of the first things that I enjoy is my wife. We and I we are are a very close couple. Close contacted, and I think most other everybody that sees us as a couple uh, say that and and say that they're already aware of it just by knowing us. And we do everything together, and uh, we uh, take trips together, and we go visit our relatives and our kids together, and uh, all those kind of things. We have uh, a certain amount of of uh, activities at home that we are involved with, and most of it, for Donna, it has to do with uh, uh, a lot of telephone work because she's a prayer support group for anybody at church, and they she is known for that, and uh, they will call and ask her for prayer for whatever uh, particular subject might come up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they, I think, vicariously, they include me because we are married, and Donna and I both work at it that way. We pray together for the needs. So you've been a, a couple that's praying together all these years. Yes, we definitely have done that for a very long time. Would you consider that one of the uh, secrets to the longevity of your marriage? Mm, I absolutely agree that that is true. What else is, uh, has kept you together all these years? Well, I think that uh, because we both are willing to accept each other's attributes and faults, we understand each other completely, and it's uh, really fun when you get to that point where you can be comfortable with each other at any time and all the time. We like humor. We laugh a lot. We like to read uh, when there is uh, uh, light-hearted stuff. Some of it is really fun we can share with each other. We read nowadays even more than we did before, now that we're this old and a little less active. Uh-huh. Well, I heard Donna there in the background. You tell her we we love her. We haven't met, but we love you guys, and it's fun to talk with you today. But hello to Donna. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she can hear me. She's got much better here than I. <laughs> so she, she keeps me up to date. <laughs> what a treat to talk with Robert Logan here today on First Person, and we'll continue the conversation in a moment. I'm so grateful for the grace I receive while listening to FBBC all day long. I cried listening to God's message multiple times. Just one of millions of grateful people who listens to the Far East Broadcasting Company in her own language. You can sign up for a free online daily devotional from FEBC telling more listener stories while at the same time it encourages you from God's Word. Receive this online devotional without obligation when you visit firstpersoninterview.com. My guest is Robert Logan. 
Robert is uh, a friend whom I've never met, but we have mutual friends, and that's good enough to get to know this uh, this couple here today, Robert and Donna. Now, Robert, I understand you, you told us that you've been a pilot. Talk to us about when you began flying and what that was like, and then I know you served in the military. You want to talk about that as well. So when, when was the first time you ever flew? Oh, that was in 1948, and that was after I'd been in the service for almost three years. I was uh, being just out of high school. I was uh, drafted or notified that I was going to be called to the the draft, and so instead of allowing that to happen, I volunteered for the Army Air Corps, and uh, and I, I had to volunteer for a longer period of time than the 18 months that the draft required. So I took a three-year hitch, and uh, at the end of that three-year period, why well, I got a note in my box that said that I was eligible to uh, take an examination to see if I would could enter the um, cadet uh, flying program that the uh, Army Air Corps had at that time. And then it was before the Air Force existed, you know, in the Army Air Corps, and I was just a, an enlisted man at that time. So I took the examination and patched it, and uh, they assigned me to a, a class that began in 1948 and graduated in 1949. Did you ever think about flying when you were a kid growing up? Nah, not really, no, and I didn't because for several reasons. I was interested. I had built model airplanes and things, and I was always interested, like I told you, uh, with mechanical automobiles. I usually uh, took care of all my own uh, mechanical needs when I was even quite young. Uh, but the uh, the Air Force, the Army Air Corps, was uh, when I went to cadets and uh, was successfully uh, handed a pilot's wings and uh, um, a lieutenancy in the Army Air Corps. At the end of the 1949 time, shortly after that is when it became the uh, USAF. And there I was. That was uh, I was a, a pilot in the Air Force, and I was stationed my first duty station in in the Hamilton Air Force Base at uh, San Francisco. And I was ferrying F eighty four jet fighters for uh, for our squadron. I had a, a requirement for that, and and then that was about uh, towards the end of that year was uh, when the Korean conflict uh, came about. So you flew combat missions in Korea. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. In 1950, I was one of the first ones there. That was when they were just getting the airplanes to Korea to do to do combat flying. I flew my first few combat missions from Japan to across the Sea of Japan to Korea, back and forth. About I think I flew about 10 or 15 missions. What was the airplane you were flying? It was an F-80C. The um, the old time call they called it the shooting star and in the army in the air force they just called it an F eighty it was a good airplane but it was uh, underpowered because it was uh, wasn't built to uh, to modern standards it came about you know as the need came about it was a fun airplane and it had uh, some interesting characteristics in that it didn't like to come down to land. It liked being in the air. <laughs> okay. Uh, help me understand. I don't know my airplanes that well. Was th- That wasn't a jet fighter, was it? That was a prop plane? Uh, no, it was a jet fighter. It was a jet. All right, so it had to be a very early jet plane. Well, it was the very first fighter that our country had. What was it like to sit in the seat of that plane for the first time? And well, most, One of the most wonderful things that ever happened to me was to be able to do that. And to, and um, fly that uh, 
that little plane. It was only 3,800 pounds of thrust, but it was a, a really a fun plane. It was uh, it would only do about 540 miles an hour. It didn't have a large engine. It was only 3,800 pounds worth of uh, horsepower. Well, thank you for your service, first of all. And, and second of all, how, how many missions did you fly in Korea? I flew 120. That seems like a lot of missions to me. Over what length of time did that happen? A year. Uh, well, you know what, uh, Wayne, it was uh, when I got there, it took about a, almost a month before uh, before I actually started flying any combat missions. It had to do with the fact that they uh, were still they still didn't have an airport airfield for us in Korea, so we were flying out. We were flying out of Japan. First, it was pretty tough because the uh, we had to fly from Japan across the Sea of Japan to get to Korea, and then we had to fly to the north part or wherever the fighting was taking place, and uh, that was a little bit far uh, distance-wise from our home base. So it was we didn't have much fuel. The airplane only had about a, um, a combat radius of about 700 miles, so um, we could only spend maybe about 10 or 15 minutes over the target area, and we had a hightail at home back to Japan because it was a long way, and sometimes we had got back in the dark. Whenever you're in a jet fighter, you're always short of fuel. You must have had some close calls. Oh, oh yes, I, I had a few, all right, and in fact, one of my flight leaders told me at one time that he didn't think I was going to make it. He said, he said, you're taking too many chances, in his opinion. And, and it might be he was right. It might be that I lightened up. I don't know. I think that uh, I'm, the fact that I'm here indicated that I was up to it. God was watching. <laughs> and uh, I can hear Donna say, God was watching over you. He sure was. <laughs> Well, um, I have a friend who also flew combat missions in Korea, and he said he never came back without bullet holes in the plane. Did you have a similar experience? Oh, yes, <clears throat> yes, but not on a regular basis. I had damage to the airplane, uh, uh, bullet holes a few, not very many. One time I came back, and, and uh, the airplane, I signed off the airplane as being okay because I hadn't noticed any or felt any damage. And uh, after I got into operations, the mechanic came in for that airplane and, and was telling me he wanted to know what in the world I ran into because the bottom of the airplane was all messed up, like I'd hit something. And uh, they thought they were trying to tell me that I had hit the ground. And uh, I told them I think I would do that if I had done that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> So anyway, it turned out that uh, they, they they let it drop. The airplane was repairable, but uh, I didn't get a picture of it. I'm always I've thought later that I, it would have been fun to have a picture of the damage. Robert, when did you retire from flying? See, I'd say I flew. I kept my license, my FAA license, up until what would you say, maybe about five years ago. I could have kept it, I think, to now, except I don't know if the, if the doctors would have let me yeah. get my, get the uh, license, even though I can't hear very well anymore. Well, you sure had a long run at it. It's amazing. And, I mean, you must be grateful to the Lord to look back over all that's happened in your life and how you met your wife and have these wonderful years together and how he spared your life in combat. It must be a wonderful feeling, Robert. Oh, it, it really is. A, a wonderful feeling. I feel blessed. I'll tell you. I uh, one of my one of my most fun times for as a family is we took our kids in. We had a Cessna 195 at one time, which was a five place um, high wing airplane. 
we took our kids to our uh, Kim, our girl, went to college in South Carolina, and we uh, flew her there and, and uh, picked her up and uh, uh, when she came home, stuff like that. And it was so that those were the kind of things that made it really, really exciting. We had a lot of fun doing that. And my uh, Donna was my co-pilot. <laughs> what a family. Robert, I know you've been walking with the Lord a long time, and I like to ask people for their their scripture verse that means a lot to them. We all have, uh, you know, maybe several, but can you pick out one? Do you have something there in mind that you can share with us? Yes, I certainly do. I have one that uh, that I have been using the last number of years. And, um, you know, I can only say that uh, the number of years that I have been a Christian has to do with my wife. Ah. And um, she has been a Christian since... Uh, um, when she was very young, like just uh, like eight years old or something like that. And so she has uh, helped me a lot in my walk. The scripture that I have to uh, to uh, share with you is uh, from Exodus, it's uh, 15.2, and uh, I will gladly share it with you. It is, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. And that's Exodus 15, 2. Hmm. Has that verse been long on your heart and mind? It has. Mm-hmm. Within the last couple of years. And when you open God's Word and find a verse like that, I mean, what, what does it do to your soul? Well, it, it satisfies my, my need to be sure that I stay connected to the Father. And Donna and I do this every morning. We, uh, we use the uh, uh, Reflecting God uh, devotion for daily and holy living, and uh, we, we, uh, we don't miss it. If we miss it, we go back and, and uh, catch up. That sounds wonderful. You really set an example, a good example for the rest of us. You know that, don't you? Mm, well, I don't know how, how, <laughs> how other people do. We do our best to stay current. <laughs> Robert, our best to you and to Donna. Thank you. God bless you. And keep listening. And and thanks for your support of Christian Radio. And thanks for your support of your local church. Okay. You are welcome. I'm enjoying every bit of it, and uh, especially at this age. (laughs) (laughs) 91-year-old Robert Logan has been this week's guest on First Person. Once again, I'm reminded that when we take the time to talk with those who have lived longer than us, We are the richer for it. A big thank you to Lou and Steve at KVIP for introducing me to Robert and Donna. Now, I hope you'll say thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for making this interview and all that you hear on First Person Possible. Stories of people faithfully living for Christ in this world inspire all of us, and FEBC loves to have them told. FEBC broadcasts in nearly 50 countries of the world, reaching millions with the gospel, often in very difficult circumstances. Please take a few moments to learn more by visiting febc.org and join us on many radio stations or online to hear the daily broadcast FEBC Today with Ed Cannon. Now to see what's coming up in the weeks ahead on First Person, please visit firstpersoninterview.com. That's firstpersoninterview.com. And if you've missed any recent program, you can stream past programs online in our archive or use the free First Person Interview app available in your app store. Also, we have a page on Facebook where you can leave comments and see what others are saying about each interview. You'll find us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Once again, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Well, thanks for listening to this week's program. 
And now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard, inviting you to join us again for First Person. <laughs>